0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. In this episode, I sit down for a chat with Allison Pollard, director at Improving, a one-stop IT service solution firm. Allison is an agile coach, creative facilitator, consultant, and public speaker. We explore a well-known management mantra that you've certainly heard before. Give your team a sense of ownership over a project, and their performance will skyrocket. Easier said than done, though. Well, today, Allison gives us a few tips that will help you crack this mystery and set you and your team on the path to success. To support this podcast, visit my website, Kasparowski.com. Our special guest today is Allison Pollard. Hi, Allison. How's it going? Hi.
1: Good, good.
0: Could you introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm an Agile coach in Dallas. I work for Improving. We're a technology training and consulting company, and we believe that trust changes everything. So our commitment is to establish trust and then help our clients with you know, either software delivery or agile or, you know, user experience, whatever it is that they've brought us in for. And my personal passion is helping people discover their agile instincts and develop their coaching abilities.
0: All right. What do you mean by agile instincts?
1: You know, when you've been, you know, following this like agile manifesto, trying to like follow Scrum or Kanban or whatever framework you're using, and it starts to To kind of like kick in of like, you know, in this situation, it feels like we should do this new thing instead of doing it the old way. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to help people figure out of like, trust your instinct, listen to your gut, follow your intuition in learning this new way of operating.
0: All right. Awesome. Awesome. And this is the, this is the podcast about great teams before we pressed the record button and started, started recording this session. Mm -hmm. uh, We were talking about what it means to have a team. I like to say a team is any group of two or more people aligned with a common goal, right? So could be a work team, could be a not work team. Mm-hmm. What's the best team that you've ever been on in your entire life?
1: Oh, gosh. Good question, because I, I you know, gave some thought to this in advance, and there are certainly a lot of teams I've worked with in software development and you know, teams of coaches that I've worked with. But the, the one that actually stood out for me was volunteer team. We were helping out a nonprofit organization, put on a three-and-a-half-day leadership academy for college students and alumni um, who had studied engineering. So if you can imagine, two of us, you know, started off as, as, you know, organizers and doing all this planning, finding the location, trying to think about what the schedule might look like overall. And then we recruited 12 additional volunteers and trained them up as facilitators. And so we were a distributed team spread out across the U.S. And uh, we would have monthly phone calls. And then we met in person for the event itself.
0: Oh, cool. Tell me more about this. How did you find your first teammate and, and what went into growing <laughs> it to 12 people? How yeah. did you stay connected with I each think,
1: other? I think my first teammate was, was an obvious one. Uh, you know, I'd been involved in this nonprofit for some time and had met a lot of different alumni. And this one person stuck out to me. Uh, he is an industrial engineer um, by by trade. He is super organized, great at optimizing things. When it comes to figuring out budgets and all of that, he's the guy. And okay. so I knew I needed someone strong in logistics because I could handle all of the content creation and you know really focus on training people up. Mm-hmm. So he and I just had like, this like, strong connection anyways, where it just feels so easy to work together. He was the obvious choice.
0: All right. And when you, when you look back at that team... If you could take yourself back to the experience of working together with him Mm -hmm. or with the whole group of 12 and re-feel it, uh, feel what it felt like to be doing that activity together, preparing for that event, doing that event. Could you summarize that sensation of being part of that team in one word?
1: Like what I'm I'm feeling is like just enthusiasm. Uh Like I actually start to feel like a little bit of like goosebumps, you know, along (laughs) my arms. Like, oh, God, like it was so magical. Like everyone was just so in and again, this is like a volunteer thing. You're spending your, your weekends, times yeah. in the evening, trying to put together materials, but everyone was just so committed to what we were doing.
0: I love that. Uh, I love the way you said it. And I, I have the advantage over listeners is I, I can see your face <laughs> when you talk.
1: Right, right. And your face
0: totally lit up. It was enthusiasm, yeah. goosebumps. Everyone was so in. Yeah, yeah. And and what what was it about the the working together, the work? Okay. The goosebumps, the enthusiasm. Yeah. What about other other subjective things you could use to gauge that this was a really great team? Anything objective that you can use to gauge that this was a really great team?
1: Yeah. Well, so I I, I think part of what blew me away. You know, I we had set this goal that we were redoing content um, for the first time in about ten years. And when you're putting on an event for 100 people, you really have to think through the activities and the instructions and the like, participation level and all. And so I had done a lot of pre-work, you know, trying to figure out you know, content areas, like modules that we could have, uh, focusing around you know, leadership skills, like how do you give an effective presentation? Uh, how do you facilitate something? What are your core values as a leader and how do those show up for you? And so what really impressed me with this team, and like really took me by surprise. The first time we started going through the the materials, people were like, oh my God, I love this. And then they, you know, took ownership in pairs and then they started redoing it. I went, oh my God, like, why are they redoing all this stuff? I thought I had gotten something like good enough to work with. And like, I was like, okay, like you're, you're starting to change it. Maybe it's just tweaking And then I was like, oh, gosh, no, they're making some big changes. And like now we're talking about the activities and giving them that ownership, that responsibility felt a little scary at first, but it was absolutely the best thing that could have happened. Uh Because what I realized when they partnered up, you know, again, they're partnering up with someone they might not know all that well that probably lives in a different part of the country from them could be a different kind of engineering background, a very different job, very different skills that they bring. They started negotiating, like, what are you good at? What am I good at? And was it that we're both wanting to learn? You know, like we're volunteering. There's some really cool opportunity here. And we know it's gonna be a really safe environment for us to learn as well as all of these students. And so, what they were doing when they created the content was trying to figure out how did they bring their own personal stories into the materials and how could they bring in activities that they had maybe seen before or experienced before that they felt really comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And it was, a little chaotic to watch, uh, especially because, as you imagine, there's there's clearly a deadline. There is a an event where people are showing up and things yeah. need to be completed before so we can have materials printed and what have you. But it's that passion. People are continually like changing stuff, making those those edits as they like think of new things and, and refine their ideas. And I, I love that at least they were keeping me in constant communication. We relied on a lot of electronic tools, Zoom calls. We had group me for text, email, communication, and, and certainly Google documents for all of our materials. They had voted on like what the theme of the Academy should be. And so the group decided like, let's have the superhero theme because, you know, superhero movies were very, very popular a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. One of our volunteers created capes for every person. Uh, and we, we had decided, you know, there, there'd be two days, you wear your like superhero t-shirts. And then on the third day, wear a t-shirt for the organization itself.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, and so there was just this great sense of fun and play that people brought into it throughout.
0: And as you're telling the story, I started to literally feel the fear in my belly. <laughs>
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, like I said, like a hundred people, you're talking about like a three and a half day event. There's a lot of logistics. There's, there's a lot of nuance into putting together, you know, how much like introspective idea, like activities do you have? You probably have a lot of introverts, it's engineering students. And then how much like, you know, full group engagement do you have? Where are they partnering up with people it's a lot to balance out.
0: Yeah. And I, and I, and I totally feel that I, I I care a lot about learning content creation yeah. as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, I don't know if I could let other people <laughs> do it for me, <laughs> with me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, like, this was the thing. So when when my friend David and I recruited, like, who are these volunteers going to be? You know, we thought about folks that had obviously attended this event before that seemed, you know, very enthusiastic as volunteers, you know, as alumni regardless. But we also thought about like, where are they in their life? Like where are they in their learning journey? And where might this be able to give them that really cool opportunity of like, how often does someone get to stand in front of a room of a hundred people and share their personal experience and try something, you know, kind of new and novel for them. But it's going to be really, really safe. Because that's the one thing I, I feel like I can really bring to someone is you know, I'm, I'm more than comfortable in front of a group at this point in my career that I can help make it okay for you to try stuff out, possibly make some mistakes and not feel completely embarrassed by the end of it.
0: Awesome. You've shared a few of the concrete practices that you used mm-hmm. with the group. What are some of the other concrete practices that that went into this being such a great team?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think back to when we you know first came together as a group, right? I've sent out all these invitations, you know, individually asking them, you know, very nicely. You know, I really think you could be a great part of this. You know, would you be willing? And I, I get all these, you know, yeses, and so we have that first group call. And we're all on Zoom, so you know you have all these folks kind of looking at one another on the video cameras. <laughs> like, who are they? Oh my God! And there's yeah, like, that... I feel kind of
0: old in comparison. <laughs> you got that Brady Bunch grid right on the screen, or these yeah, right? Boxes above them and next to them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's you know twelve of us. It setting aside the time of I want each person to introduce yourself, not only your name and where you're from, and and not even just what you do. But what was your connection to this organization? Like, what what is it that got you excited about being a part of this event? What's your connection to it? Mm-hmm. And when you spend the time hearing those kinds of stories from people, um, like how they connect to that purpose, it's really easy to build connections and start to trust them more. Because it's not just oh, well, Allison asked me, and uh, I thought I'd be like famous for you know a weekend. So like, I'm all in. <laughs> It was like, you know, I think back to how I got started in my career. For me personally, the the first couple times that I got to stand in front of a group and give a presentation or facilitate, you know, a larger group was through this nonprofit. This is the group that gave me the skills that set me into my career. That's a really big deal. And that's part of the reason I, I was, you know, wanting to give back and continue to refine, you know, the learning that we could provide people. And so when you hear stories like that, you're like, wow, like we're, we're doing something very important yeah. for one another and for these students that are going to be showing up. Like, how can we make that? How can we honor that, you yeah. know, as much as possible?
0: Yeah, beautiful. So the, the team launch, introduce yourselves, share your connection to the group, to the mission.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? And even, I, I think like they kind of got to shape, like, what is it that we want this experience to be like? You know, mm. I, I might have, you know, the, the beginnings of a vision, but help fill it in. You know, like, what do we really want this to be like? What do we want it to feel like for people? Because again, you're talking about folks coming from all over the US and spending three and a half days together. That could be super awkward or that could be super like high connection and amazing. Yeah. And that's what we were aiming for.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. How about some advice for listeners. How could, how could listeners <laughs> replicate some of the success, some of the awesomeness that, that you felt and experienced with this team?
1: It, you know, there's, there's that sense of like, how do you leave room for participation? Oh. Uh, and, and I kind of picked this up from Lisa Adkins. So when she had kicked off one of her classes, she kind of throws papers and, and markers onto the floor. Very, very unstructured, I'll say. And there's something amazing about, and we kind of see this in open space as well, right? Like there's just materials available in the middle. It's very inviting for people to just come up and and take what they need and use that to, you know, share their opinions or or share their topics or whatever the, the, you know, activity is. I like this idea of how do you leave things kind of undone or unstructured Mm -hmm. enough where it's very easy for someone to do their own thing with it. Right. Right. So having the beginnings of a vision and not a like super refined vision, you get people to participate in filling out the rest of the vision when it's rough enough that they can go, oh, it's not quite there. I I think, you know, it's silly, but I'm like, man, I thought the content was like pretty darn, you know, figured (laughs) out, but it was clearly only about like 80% even in my head. And they saw like, man, there's still... A gap in like what needs to to you know get it to completion, and they like squeezed in more space uh, to you know make bigger changes and do more with it. And so, letting people make stuff their own and really have that ownership, I think, is a big big deal. It, it was also, I, I think, important along the way to express appreciation. Uh, And this is something that I've seen as an agile coach as well. You know, we talk about folks that are like learning new behaviors or they're trying something different. And that could be a very scary place for them. Yeah. Expressing appreciation. So I like, I see what you're doing and I, I love that you're putting in the effort to do that. Or, wow, you just did this new thing and that really worked you know, for us, it was, you know, appreciation, you know, throughout these, all these phone calls of like, thanks everyone for showing up at, you know, 8am on a Saturday, you yeah. know, for us to have a phone call and, and we're going through all these materials and like, thank you for that comment. And like, I, I love what you're bringing out right now. Appreciating people first sometimes what seems like their job or like the obvious things is actually a really big deal. Cause that'll keep us pumped up and, and feeling motivated to keep going.
0: Beautiful. I love, um, so another thing about producing these podcasts is, mm-hmm. well, I mean, there's, I get to connect with awesome people like you.
1: Right. <laughs> and <laughs> Kind of jealous.
0: <laughs> and I always learn something new. And, and I'm thinking, express appreciation. Yeah, I can do that. I don't do mm-hmm. it enough. I can do that. Leaving room for participation, leaving things rough enough, undone mm-hmm. enough. That's definitely something for me to to, to, to work on for myself, to improve in myself, a good tip for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, uh, I think back to, I had a job as a business analyst. It was my, my first foray into the agile world. And my boss gave me this book on agile documentation and I I read it cover to cover, like a good employee. Yep. But the, the gist of it was like as a business analyst, you know, like what was going to be the least amount of documentation that I could produce to help my team deliver the right software, and that almost became like a personal challenge of like, hmm, <laughs> can I get it down to one page? You know, <laughs> is it just a process flow at the whiteboard? Like, let's have a lot of conversations and see what happens. Uh, and I, I think to, you know, the Agile Manifesto in that sense of like, you know, we we sometimes joke about the principle around simplicity and right. maximizing the amount of work not done. Oh, exactly. You really don't go to your boss and say, "Hi, today I'm going to maximize the amount of work not done." They're going to like look at you and be like, "I'm going to like optimize you out." Um, I'm going
0: to I'm going to maximize the amount of money I don't pay you.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and yet, there is something there is something like you know very important about like how do we not put in as much effort or not do all the things that we think we need to do? Like, what is the most elegant? And simple thing that could possibly work. And it might surprise us and do a lot better than we expected.
0: Oh, that's such a good reminder. Yeah. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Anything you'd like to make sure listeners hear?
1: I'm sure Agilists are going to take this as as an obvious one. If you do have an event where you have volunteers, you know, make use of that like daily planning and like end of day retro. Uh Uh, And that was something that, you know, we kind of instituted when we were there face to face. And again, it was a way for people to kind of participate and take some ownership of how things were going. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it was, it was huge on, you know, how can we continue to function as a team, even though our schedule might've had us like taking different responsibilities with like different breakout groups right. or clearly like certain people are presenting content that day and others, not so much. It kept us focused and able to like lean into one another on mm-hmm. how we could make things go as smoothly as possible.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing patterns. I talked to Linda Rising mm-hmm. and uh, her best team ever was a team in which this is like before, before Agile was oh, documented, yeah. <laughs> they talked to each other every morning mm-hmm. and they often talked to each other before they left for the day. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I I love I love that I get to I get to hear these patterns from people. So right, yeah, talk to each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I remember um, actually the same job where i had been a BA. My boss there had encouraged me to um, touch base with our tech lead a couple times during the day, and he said he's like, think of it as like Dr Pepper time. Like you yeah. made up at like you know 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and maybe 4 p.m. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of see how things are going, and and see if you need to adjust anything.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. If listeners would like to get in touch with you, is there a way yeah. they can do that?
1: Yeah, um, I am on Twitter. My handle is Allison_Pollard. underscore Pollard. I will reply to things. I, I admit I am not like reading Twitter all that much. Uh, I've been kind of busy. Or another great way to get, get a hold of me is to visit my blog at allisonpollard.com.
0: All right. And we'll put links to that in the episode description so people can just click through and find out what's up and get in touch with you.
1: Awesome.
0: Thank you. Allison Pollard, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Thanks. This is great.
0: Hi, friends. Thanks for listening. And remember, to support this podcast, sign up for my newsletter at kasparowski.com.